What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, which has found a new home, but we'll discuss that um, soon. Before that, I'd like to welcome to the show our guest for, not our guest, our host, co-host for maybe not the whole show, maybe just a short run-in. Ricky, good evening, good new year and good health to you. Good evening, good evening, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all the better for seeing you, said the wolf. It's been a while. It has. I mean, we spoke every day, but not actually face-to-face in a while, or Skype-to-Skype. Uh-huh. Skype. Or train seat-to-train seat. That's it. Although, like you say, I'm probably only going to be on for about five, ten minutes. Um, I made it to 2020, um, but I've had two setbacks in the last sort of ten days. And I was in a hospital Saturday night, Sunday morning type thing. Um, and I only got out like later on, late, way later on that evening. And I still feel a bit shit. So, and it was sucks because I was supposed to go on to One Nation Radio to review Wrestle Kingdom with Rich and James. And that was the first time one of us would have been on. And uh, gutted we couldn't be on it. Um, but uh, they listened to the show. But we'll, I'll definitely look to go on that soon, sometime soon, hopefully. Good stuff. I think personally that you just fancy the cardiac nurse or something because you seem to enjoy your wee hospital visits. Maybe they do nice food in there or something. Or... <laughs> hospital yeah. food is hospital food. A nice wee sponge bath. I wouldn't mind that actually. This is this well, is way to go. You got a sponge is... bath of a hot hot nurse and your heart explodes. And this fucking idiot, Boris Johnson, wants to privatise the NHS when you can get a sponge bath for free. Exactly. I would happily die that way. Our guests' facial reactions are similar the to only, that of a, the, o- a the only, the only, the only way death would be better than that is if some, like, some woman with a big, massive, fat ass sat on your face and suffocated you. The only that, thing that would be a great way to go. The only thing that would be better than that is if Dave Mastiff shat, shat on your. <laughs> 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 Big kebab sheets. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll be um, steak Fridays and Cornish pasties and stuff like that. Oh. Right, should we get round to introducing our guest who is now making his third appearance on the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, Murray Bone from just down the road. Welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm good. Happy to be back. I think I'm trying to remember the last time I was on was probably end of October, I believe it was. Ranch? Yeah, it was yeah. in France. We were taught, and I remember the main theme was the whole ACH T-shirt, t-shirt mm. incident. That's right, that's right. Boy, how that's went. Yes. yes. <laughs> I definitely feel uh, a little ill-qualified to talk about that stuff now, so we'll just leave yeah. that 
So, uh, if you don't mind, there's been quite a few changes to housekeeping, so bear with me for a couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, uh, Podbean is no more with regards to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have moved over to redcircle.com. Uh, they are now our hosts, and as far as I'm aware, your RSS feeds have not changed. You'll still get access to these. If you so desire, a wee bit uncomfortable with it because it's like singling us, singling ourselves out from the rest of the network. But if you want a single feed so that it's just a Ricky and Clive wrestling show, we can give that to you. Just hit us up in the DMs. Uh, there are no more adverts for powerslam.tv, but we still want to be podcasting house husbands, so there is now a donate option. Uh, if you want to either make a one-off donation maybe perhaps to help me get a nice proper sound card to sound better than a super scoreboard phone in. Or or to help fund my baths from the nurses when the NHS is privatised. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, or, just, or just help me, because I'm a college student <laughs> and I have no money. <laughs> yep. Just, uh, basically, it'll be a, a college grant, so if you feel like making a donation, there is a link on the page, the show notes for this podcast. Basically, so, just give us your fucking money. Give us your money. They're still doing the t-shirts. Um, they're still begging outside Buchanan Street. But, uh, outside Buchanan Street? Does that even make sense? Uh, it's just down the back. <laughs> just off, a, just into Bar Street. Uh, with regards to the sort of column side of things, I have, by the time you've read this, I will have made my, my return to the keyboard. Uh, in the show notes, there's going to be a link to the Rance Morris and myself's top 10 NXT full sale moments ever. So not takeovers, not invasions of the main roster, things that specifically happened in full sale. So check that out. That was a good wee conversation. And as of Thursday, I am making a return to Lords of Pain columns page. Before I was just doing the 205 call uh, reviews, but I am now going to be doing just columns on the main page of lordsofpain.net and Look out for uh, the aptly named the brand extension. That will be my column title because I think it sounds cool as fuck, basically. And tumbleweeds across the screen there. Uh, Sorry, was I supposed to respond? No. Uh, great name, great name. Uh, a couple of shout outs and then we'll get on to proceedings. Shout out to Jeremy for sorting out all this red circle stuff and helping yep. me with all the admin side of things. So big up to the boss. Shout out to Sir Sam, Josh Robinson and anyone else that we know from Australia who's having a bit of a shit time at the moment with all these Australian fires that are going on. Hopefully things sort out for you and yours soon. And a shout out lastly for Mr Caleb Baldwin himself who's had a bit of trouble, a bit of a hard time personally. So I won't go into detail with that but Caleb, shout out. This this whole podcast is a tribute to you. <laughs> Just to follow on from that, yeah. Jeremy, like I say, is like one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. Uh, I don't have a single bad word to say about that guy whatsoever. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the Australian files. This will fucking bring some awareness to it. It's ridiculous. Like, I saw a map, actually, of someone saying, this is what England would look like. And basically, imagine just right down the middle, like from Bristol to almost like just near Norwich area I would say or maybe not as far out as that but literally all the way down the middle and the only things that were remaining were slightly just to the coastal areas so it's fucking ridiculous and Caleb I was actually on the phone to Caleb I had a 
a 10, 15 minute chat before I come on to him. But, um, yeah, shout out to Caleb for being Caleb. And shout out to everyone. Shout out to Murray for getting a nice pair of headphones from Santa this year. You're looking suave. Yep. <laughs> yep. No more buzzing, at least, for now. You're, you're just buzzing with excitement to talk yeah. about Wrestle Kingdom, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Because I, so, I think I was also meant to appear on One Nation Radio, but timings didn't work out, so... Well, now's your platform. So, I've seen some of them. I've seen most of the singles matches. Uh, but out of the three of us, I am the least qualified to talk about New Japan, so I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Murray, do you want to give us a, a, an overview of your highlights and lowlights? Can... Uh, uh, well, Vessel Kingdom. Enj- very much enjoyed it. Brilliant. It was always brilliant as always, as I would expect. Couple of yes, couple of results I wasn't expecting, but yeah, overall the show was a blast to watch. Watch both night one and two. Personal f- moment for me was probably the aftermath of just Robinson versus John Moxley on night mm-hmm. two and having Minoru Suzuki come out. And basically, have a stare off with John Moxley. I had pretty much creamed myself seeing at the thought of those two having a match. Do you, do you echo those sentiments, Ricky? Yeah, um, both nights were pretty good. Um, I preferred night one. Uh, I was kind of expecting just Robinson to win, uh, but obviously, we had them. Um, Moxley and Suzuki, where Moxley hit him with the Dirty Deeds. Um, was that during the G1, was it? It was Tag League Final. Yes. So, obviously, like, you know, so there's 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 a reason why they ended up facing off and had a quite a brief altercation as well. Um, we're obviously going to get that further down the line where he might ultimately drop the title. As I said, I expect him to drop it to Juice Robinson, but never happened. Personal favourite match of the weekend was definitely... Uh, Okada and Ibushi. Um, like uh, it went for was it between forty and forty-five minutes? Uh, maybe closer to forty, was it? It didn't feel like it, and I think that was the beauty of it. It, it never seemed like it, it, nothing seemed unnecessary. Nothing seemed like they'll try to prolong it and drag it out. Um, that already is going to be for me very difficult to beat. For the rest of the year, and we're only what like seven, eight, nine days into twenty twenty. Um, yeah, night two, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit out my thoughts before I go. Um, night two, like Tanahashi and Jericho, like I know a lot of people were fans of that. I just thought it was just okay. Um, Okada and Naito, uh, it was it was a notch below. I felt both both matches both main matches from night one, but it was still a really, really, really good match. Um, I wasn't exactly enamoured with how they ended night two. I felt like <laughs> you could have... I felt like... It's not so much because it was Kenta, it was more so because it was anybody. Like I felt like you could have done that the following night, so why wouldn't you want the, the coronation of Naito with the journey he's been on, and if like he's been a, he's the first ever double champion... 
why wouldn't that be your signature goodbye go home moment? I felt like like that it should have been more importance in a, a spotlight should have been shone on that more. Um, but yeah, I think like I say, one or two little issues. Um, Osprey and Hiromo was excellent. That little sequence they had where Osprey flipped out the ring, but Hiromo moved it away and tried to hit him with a German before Osprey dived back in. And then, like, like, just I feel like for me personally, and you know this, Clive, is it. I just I hate when there's too many flips and I hate when people are standing around looking at someone ready to do a flip. But all of that looked like it was just instinctive. I saw him coming, I moved, and now I've landed. Now you've like it never looked choreographed at all. Um it was a good match still. I I probably put that as number I thought that was the third best match of night one. I actually had Jay White and Naito in the main event above it slightly. Um, but yeah, like I said, overall, two really, really, really good nights of wrestling. Um, and just before I go, I'm going to quickly touch on the card this weekend. Right, okay. <laughs> I, Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin could also oh. be like in the running for match of the year. Like, that's, that's going to be un fucking believable it's just it's five phenomenal uh, matches my only reservation about the card is that tag title match what do you know why because you hyped Rem- it up too much no remember we were at Fear and Loven uh huh and they had the same general concept my problem is it could be too much of a clusterfuck right. that's my only worry not the, not so much who's in it, etc. It's just like, the end of the day, there's eight people going to be in the ring just all at the same time. It just could be too much happening. Um, that I, is my only concern. I I know where they're coming from, and I do not mean to belittle ICW in any way, but the tag I, I agree. that are involved in yep. this NXT, like, I'll go to my grave thinking that NXT UK's tag team division is the best one in all of wrestling. You've got four excellent teams that are going to... They'll know, they'll know what they're doing. They, it won't that, be as much yeah, of a clusterfuck yep. as ICW's, because that and was I, six teams. That, that, was, that was way too much in... That that's I said, this is, that's well. not, exactly, and that's just my only concern. Um, Joe Coffey and Walter, it's, it's going to be really hard-hitting. Really, really hard-hitting. Um Personally, if Joe Joe doesn't coffee doesn't win, then what the fuck do you do with him? Kind of thing. And I know we're all Joe Coffee marks. Like all three of us literally adore the guy, but it's like, what then do you do? Um, like and just one, about that. yeah. That's one last thing. Um, the women's triple threat match should be good as well. Um, and the final thing I will say, and I'm just going to go back to. <laughs> Um, You're all over the place here. No, I'm going to I'll go, I'll go back to the, the tag match. Um, like you did say, there's four really, really good tag teams. Obviously, Grizzled Young Vets are um, in Worlds Collide as well. I think, and maybe we can do this at a later date, and I don't know how we'll do it, but I think it's time people realised and recognised that Grizzled Young Vets are one of the <laughs> very, top very. Like, I don't mean... I, someone, someone saying very, very best is quite generic. 
I could maybe name a couple of tag teams who I think are maybe better than them. And I mean, period, anywhere. And also, it ties into my thing I was saying where people standing around staring at someone doing a flip. See if you want to see how you how you execute that manoeuvre uh, properly. Go back to last year's Worlds Collide and you'll see Zach Gibson. I can't remember who he was taking on. Can I want to say... Was it right? So you saw Gibson initially realised what was happening, but then Gibson, I don't know what he done, I don't know if he felt one knee, but then he was like, he staggered a bit, and then as he turned around, bang, it hit him. Like, that's how you hit that fucking move properly. But yeah, Grizzled Young Vets, um, one of the absolute very, very best. Now I mean like top three, top five. I can't fucking wait to see them in Undisputed Era and Worlds Collide. Oh, Jesus. Is that not semi-finals though? Yeah, because it's yeah. I can't remember who Vets are up against, but it's because it's they're, Dallas and Undisputed Era. Uh, Drew the there against Kushida and a partner to be announced. So, oh, I'll be touching on Kushida in due course. And then it's Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle there on the other side. Who else is on that side? Um, uh, Dev against uh, Dev against I think it is it not Webster and Andrews. As, oh jeez. And it's yeah. Imperium as well. Versus they, Forgotten Sons. Yes. So yep, I will I will take off now. Um And we will take over. Yes. Yes, <laughs> well done, well played. But I I'll be back next week, providing there's no setbacks. I'm due to go back to work tomorrow, but we'll see about that. Um but yeah. Anyway, it was good seeing you. Yes, you too, sir. Get and let's soon. and let's get the hashtag sympathy for for Ricky. We need to get that trending. Okay. We'll do our best. Anyway, we've just... tried before and it never worked. <laughs> no, people, people don't care. People don't care. They don't. <laughs> no, um, no. But I I'll leave you to it, and I will have a listen to the show tomorrow morning. If I'm able to get it up, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, whether you can get up or not, that's between you and your wife in the bedroom. Let's let's keep it PG, shall we? Well, you said that, not me, prickle. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll leave you to it. Right, night, night. Right, see you later, guys. Take see care. Right, Murray. Since we're still talking about takeover, uh, the only the only downside for me or the worry about this tag team ladder match is that I've hyped it up too much for myself. Because I have genuine faith that this will be one of the craziest matches I've ever seen. You've got the Welsh guys, they're the high flyers, the tag specialists and the the, vet, the veterans. Like proper revival smarts with a sort of intensity that attacking teams like the Usos have. Um, the Imperium, who are just pure rapid and clinical and take no prisoners. And then you've got so the Bruisers and Gallus, like as Wolfgang's ICW nickname is, the Regulators, uh, they've come on leaps and bounds in the last few months as the tag champs. That that formula is perfect. There's nothing that can go wrong with this, and I'm <laughs> I'm, cer- I'm certain it'll go well. Your thoughts? My thoughts. I have re- well recently. I've not. Recently, I've not been fully caught up on NXT UK, so I'm not fully sure how 
what the whole story is behind most of these matches, part of the main event. Mm-hmm. But I'm a fan of tight team wrestling. I'm a fan of ladder matches. So a tight te- a full way ladder match, I cannot wait. Yep. Uh, it's mostly been about Gallus and Imperium. Hence the whole Joe Coffey Volter stuff. Uh, but because all young vets have been un- upset about not retaining titles and the Welsh guys they are quote unquote do a rematch and all that stuff. So you've got it's just been a maelstrom really and they're all I think they're all deserving. You've got the hunt, they're still there. The the outliers, fucking Dan Matha and Riddick Moss who are gonna <laughs> do not do not mock them. They look brutal the last couple of times I've seen them. Uh, so there's excellent stuff going on. I just I've hyped, I think I've hyped it up too much. So as of now, I'm going to calm down and think that right, this will just be a, an average ladder match with eight guys, and it might be a cluster. But I'm hoping for some reverse psychology to play its part. Yeah, I think the match that I, obviously the main event I'm going to love that. But I think the match that I feels a, a, a bit under that looks that I think is a bit not underappreciated. I guess is the women's triple threat. Triple threat. I feel like that's that match. Could it steal the show? Perhaps it's like Ooh. you've got Kaylee Ray and Pipe and well, I call and Viper. They're both. We be we both know the history they have. Yep. They're all, they'll do well um, together. No problem. They do. There. They will well together. And Tony Storm is great as well. So I think. <laughs> I know you don't. I know I just, you. I don't know. There's just a vapidness about her that I can't. I can't deal with, and it's just. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it. Tony Storm upsets the balance of this one for me, and I'm not looking forward to it. And I should because you've got two Scottish women vying for the NXT UK Women's Title, and I know I know they two work well together. I know they do. It's just I don't know. Yeah, and then Twenty Seven Eddie Dennis. That's there, pretty much. It's well, I've not seen many Eddie Dennis matches. The one I have seen, I've enjoyed his match with Dave Mastiff was excellent. Yeah, uh, Trent Seven, and I'm going to actually tie this into my wish list for 2020. We're kind of all over the place tonight already, doing all the segments in one go. But for one, the one wish list that I'd like to see. I'd like to see Trent Seven involved in a high-level singles campaign against possibly Joe Coffey further down the line. Mustache Mountain are great, British Strong Style are great, but Trent Seven has a a wrestling, a singles wrestling style that I really, really enjoy. He's very urgent. It's, it's like it's just it's not a rush. Well, it is a rush. But it brings across this energy that is seldom seen in other matches in this British strong style where you've got all the holes in the the world of sports stuff. Trent Seven is just fucking let's go, let's fight right now. The match with Volta at download. The match with... Shit, there was another one. There was Noam Dar as well. And there was one in between. Wouldn't be able to help, I don't. Oh, shit. There was another, there's been three this year that I've seen from Trent Seven, and like, my words, this guy can have some like, good singles matches. So I, I think this 
I don't think it'll steal the show, but I think this could be one that will still be remembered well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, these are five five solid matches, and of course, as Vicky said, Tyler Bay, Jordan Devlin, that could steal the show. Oh, I, I'm frightened about how good that one will be. Yeah. On the chances, is there any chances you reckon we'll get an impromptu match at all from someone? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I wouldn't be annoyed if there wasn't, but they've done it a couple of times now at the takeovers, so perhaps. There was a tweet that Jordan Devlin sent out during the week that said um, when this whole thing started in 2017 in Blackpool, he said, I think you'll be hard, hard. It will be hard to find two wrestlers who have improved so much in the last two year, two, uh, three years. Tyler Bate has remained consistently good. He has improved. He's sort of polished everything up. He's bulked up. But Jordan Devlin's improvement in the last three years has been frightening. I've, and I've followed him closely with not his complete indie career, but I do pay attention to him during the, even the download tournament for the second NXT UK tournament. Jordan Devlin just gets better and better. Uh, I think he's a, a frightening talent and I'd love to see him do very well for himself in the future. There's room, the way NXT Florida is going at the moment, I think he'd tear it up with a few of the wrestlers in full sale. So this match could, another one that could steal the show, That's you've got three matches there that are like, wow, what's going on? With, with the Joe Coffey and Walter match, I'm not caring about the quality of the match. This is just too personal. I just, I don't, I don't yes. care if it's shit. I don't think it will be. I think I, I thoroughly enjoy both men's wrestling style. Joe Coffey is a fighter. Uh, gritty, not pretty, is his mantra. Uh, and he fights matches to win. He doesn't do the all the flips and stuff like that. It's like I'm not even a fan of boxing, but he brings a sort of boxing mentality mentality into things. And it just comes across as one who just wants to fight, and you get that a lot. So, you've you have said that you've not seen a lot of NXT UK recently. I, I don't know how they did it, but they've managed a very smooth, and slow and carefully thought out heel, uh, sorry, face turn for Gallus. Yeah, that, I didn't notice that they were acting much more face, which. I didn't really expect, to be honest, because we've been used to them as heels, except when they except when they were at Glasgow. But uh-huh. Glasgow, but yeah, it's good to see that the you know the main attraction. Because I was worried that with you know I was worried that they were going to do drag out Imperium in British Strong Style, and in Gallus were just going to be sort of left to the wayside. But it seems uh-huh. to be they've. They're giving them time with this, and that as you see, you've got both all females of gas in major matches. Yep, I think the it all started when Mark Coffey came down and started shouting "Jolly Wally," talking about Volta, and that got a wee chuckle from the crowd, and there was some Jolly Wally chants, and then while they were sort of warring back and forth. In the background, you had Alexander Wolf trying to bring Ilya Dragunov into the Imperium fold, just slowly but surely saying, come on, come on and join Imperium. And Ilya Dragunov, you could tell he was undecided, and then there was a square off, 
and dragging off sided with Gallus. And I think that was the moment where it was like, right, Gallus are the good guys here. And I just think with the whole territorial divide of Scotland versus England, for Gallus to now be the guys who are cheered, it's been quite a a low-key but masterfully done job. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so that's the NXT TakeOver stuff, right? Back to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, What's that, sorry? (laughs) No, no, you go on. I I was... No, just... out loud. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Wrestle Kingdom, I'm not one who watches New Japan regularly. I'm one of those casuals that just tunes in in January, sometimes June, and they catch the odd G1 match, but I didn't catch any G1 last year at all. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to see it live over the weekend. That's two four-plus hour shows during time where I'm a family man. It's just not going to happen. So it was Operation Cherry Pick and Catch Up over a couple of days and I only just finished watching the matches that I wanted to see on the train home today. So I'm just about up to date. I didn't see any of the tag matches. I didn't see any of the Liger stuff. So I'm a bad man for that. Hey-ho, what can you do? I've not seen New Year's Dash, but I have seen the singles matches and I've listened to the One Nation and the Kiss guys so, and I've seen stuff on Twitter and I think my opinions are quite different from a lot of others. I don't know if that's just because I am an outsider looking in and I am not emotionally invested in the likes of uh, Takahashi coming back. I'm not emotionally invested in the Naito redemption angle. I, I understand it's there and I acknowledge it. It's just I've not got that that connection. So that sort of stuff that didn't add to the matches for me. So with regards to the, just the matches themselves, my favourite of the whole two two nights was Okada. No, not Okada. Naito and Jay White. And I know that's not everyone's favourite. I just thought it was ugly, gritty, like sort of nasty. You could really tell the hatred between them and I thought Jay White was excellent with the heel job. Both of them spitting in each other's faces. Um, Gado out on the outside from my limited knowledge of New Japan, many believe that Gado has held Naito back. So it's as if you've seen that come to life out in the dome with Gado literally holding Naito back and trying to intervene make sure he didn't win the match against Jay White. So there was a sort of art imitating life there which was quite cool it just seemed like a proper fight and it was like a scrap and I know Japan is well lauded for its work rate stuff and you've got the Osprey and Takahashi work rate matches I I, I don't mind work rate at all but see from just a storyline side of things I thought that match was perfect and I'll remember it for a long time, the other ones not as much, but before we touch on them, what were your thoughts on Jay White and Naito? Jay White Naito, it, it was an. I get. I I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. Like I didn't like love it, but I enjoyed it. I guess my issue was it was in between, you know, two good, very good matches in Hiromu Osprey and Okada Bushi. Bushi, mm-hmm. so it sort of got lost in the shuffle. 
with me, but I did a rewatch it by itself, and I absolutely enjoy. I did enjoy it. Another match that I, en- that I did enjoy was the uh, Texas Death Match, Moxley Archer. Right, Archer. I did enjoy. It. I my one Samoa is a minor gripe. I'm not sure if it was the. I don't know if you would call, if with all the things that were used. It was like you know chairs, tables, kendo sticks, trash lids. I don't know if you'd call that if that makes it a death match. Yep, yep. Yeah, like in my view, it was just a. If you called it a last man standing match, I would have complete. I think I would have been not enjoyed it more, but I would have, you know, I just felt with a death match. I expected barbed wire and all yeah, glass. Yeah, glass. I, w- I doubt there, there there would have been any explosions, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're all hardcore matches. But death match is a bit different. Do you know what I mean? You've got different. There's different connotations with a death match, especially with the history of it. So from that side of things, I wasn't. I felt if they just called it something else, it would have been fine. That wasn't my main gripe with it, though. The, the table spot, that was very good. The plastic bag submission suffocation, also good. And Moxley sort of capitalising on Lance Archer possibly about to botch a ro- on the ropes. That was quick thinking, and it actually, I only realised after the fact from what people were saying, I think Josh was saying it on Kiss, I thought that was just part of the story. So if it wasn't, then kudos to Moxley there, but confession time, this was the first time I've seen Moxley wrestle, not including gifts, since fucking, uh, since he was called Dean Ambrose. I've not seen anything since, right? And I've seen a lot of things on Twitter, especially this weekend. Uh, well, like Moxley, I'm, uh, New Japan Moxley is far better than AEW Moxley. If that's the case, then it must, for me personally, it must be a snooze fest in AEW because I was pretty disappointed in what I saw this weekend. I thought both matches were... I've, I've seen that stuff done from Dean Ambrose a million times before. Um, it just they didn't start. They didn't say to me, "This is better than Dean Ambrose." Moxley's better than Dean Ambrose. It's just it's just a different name, and he can swear, and he can throw up the middle fingers. I think the only thing that's different about John Moxley to Dean Ambrose is that John Moxley said so, and I think people want to believe that he's better than Dean Ambrose because. He's free from the shackles of the big bad WWE. And I know that's not going to be a popular opinion, but I was pretty on plus to what I saw in both matches. I, I, I do see your point of view because like, I'm a, I was when I when I was you know fully watching WWE, this is before I, I was even watching New Japan, I was a huge Dean Ambrose fan. And yes. I still am. And I still am. So no, the thought of having him in New Japan excite it always excites me. He has now the fact you ha- that you I don't know yeah you said this is the first time you've actually fully seen uh-huh. Moxley it, Moxley in a New Japan match. Is this the best match to be watching watching him 
is it his best match in New Japan? Definite. I wouldn't say so. That uh, he had. I, I can accept that. I can. I yeah. understand. I'm being a bit harsh because it's a, a once, once and done approach. But yeah. it's just. Thank you, you bastard. <laughs> 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 oh, no. <laughs> I can't say this. What's in a, so we've got a running from someone who's <laughs> No, it's a running from my mum. That's all right. We're, we're happy to hear if she wants to come on and say bastard again. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, is there... No, but for... Yeah, but like, I understand from your situation, you're not a full-time New Japan fan, so you don't have... You've not... Like, and you've said you've not seen anything from the G1. The G1, I think, mostly had there were like two or three better matches, <laughs> two or three better matches in the G1 than that. And in terms of AEW, I did enjoy his match with Omega All Out, All Out. But it, I, I guess the, this match probably wasn't the best. Both matches, I think, it wasn't the best of Mo- Moxley has given us, but I'm hopeful with John Moxley Suzuki happening somewhere around February. I think it's happening. Mm-hmm. I that match I think should be brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom did enough for me to actually consider tuning into more stuff. So my opinions might not be what's going on with everyone else, especially the the Jay White Okada. Oh, I keep saying Okada, Jay White Naito match being my favourite. But if that's what it takes for me to come into the fold on a bit more than just a once a year basis, become more of a fan, then they've done their job. And I, I was blown away by Jay White. I thought he was excellent. Just a pure, since this is the word of the last five minutes, he was a bastard. He really was. Uh, just, I, I got exactly who Jay White's character was in that match. I got exactly that story. They, they just I don't know what's been going on between them, but it felt filled with real hate, and it came across very well. It was just top-notch. The other matches that I did sort of... I liked them. They were both the Okada matches. Okada versus Naito Night 2, I thought was a wee bit better than Okada versus... What do you call it? Akada versus Kota Ibushi, night one. I don't know, I've just seen better matches from all four, all three men. Uh, so there's been a lot of praise heaped on them. I understand that. I appreciate them for the epics that they all wear. Um, slow starts to them. Slow starts and the Okada Ibushi one was a bit strange because I knew, I could see before me that it was epic. I could see before me that it was a big deal emotionally and the stuff with murder, Kota, when he just turned into a cyborg and was just annihilating, when he started annihilating, um, I can't remember these fucking wrestlers' names. Okada. Okada. Uh, It was good visualising. It's just, it's as if it didn't actually, even though there was big moves like the, the German suplexes, the clotheslines, it didn't feel as if it had picked up pace. It felt as if they were always knackered. It was as if I was watching a last man standing match. So, I don't know. It was just a bit... Mm. I mean, they were still good. Still enjoyed them. But I got more of a buzz watching the Naito J. White match. Were there any other matches apart from the ones that we've talked about that you enjoyed? Um, I think that was it. Uh, the, 
both Liger matches. I, of course, I'm a, since I'm a bigger New Japan fan, this was, these were Liger's last matches. I was fully invested in them. Fully invested in them, especially the last match. Last match, it basically dawning on me, I'm seeing him for the last, uh, I won't see him in the ring ever again. Again, and then you had the, uh, what was it? The retirement ceremony and show, so, re- retirement ceremony after, res- yeah. after Wrestle Kingdom, which I won't lie, I did that. get, I, 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 yeah, I pretty much did get emotional at that point. That point. To the best of us. Yeah, which I've not, God say, I've not been emotional in a rest, watching a wrestling, wrestling since. Probably Shawn Michaels' retirement. Right. Like, I think it was like Shawn Michaels' retirement and Jeff Hardy winning the WWE title for the first time. First time. Those are the only two times I've ever gone emotional. But yeah, apart from that, uh, not much else to say about Wrestle Kingdom. Brilliant show. They've announced a couple of matches. They haven't, New Japan, they have announced some matches for their next couple of shows at New Beginning, we've got Kenta, we've obviously got Kenta Naito for, I believe it's both belts are on the line. You've got Moxley Suzuki as well. Uh, what else? Uh, we've got, oh, I forgot, I forgot, I believe we've got about the other one singles match. It was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Sonata. Did you manage to catch that at all? Fantastic. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> Like, I was just sitting with a big smile on my face watching that one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Sonata fan, and I think this was a brilliant way to get him more more over, and I think he's 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 a star, and Zach is just incredible. Yeah, so, I've not seen uh, much of Sonata, but the Zach Sabre Jr. I've, I know about, I have seen him in general before, but that match was just fantastic. I wish it went on a wee bit longer, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also confirmed that uh, also in, in one of the shows, Zach's again defending his title, the Rev Pro title against Will Osprey. All right. So, that, so that's going to be heated because I know they have a bit of history. And Sonata's actually got a special singles match against Jay White. Okay. When is this stuff happening? Uh, I think they're happening mainly round about. End of February, I believe. Right, so just... I'm not. Yes, I... it's like multiple different nights that these are happening because you've they've split the tour thing. It's like there's so there's a tour happening in America, America, and then there's the Japanese tour. So they've got their big nights are February first and February second. They're in Sapporo, and then. The big show is February oh, February ninth in Osaka, and that's where we're getting that's where we're getting like Sonata J White, Romu Takahashi versus Ryu Lee, Moxley Suzuki, and Naito Kenta. Uh-huh. Yeah, so not it's not too bad at all. Not too bad. Yeah, uh, I would like to see Zack Saber Junior versus Osprey. It's just but Osprey taken aside that I think he's a bit of a dick in real life. But his matches, they don't seem to... 
It's as if there's not much impact on his moves, and it's a criticism I've levelled at Humberto Carrillo an awful lot, where he's got all the flash, very fancy with the gymnastic aerial manoeuvres, but the actual impact is just not there. And uh, it's like, when are you actually going to put in a sucker punch? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I know he, I don't know if, I'm sure you know he has his like hidden blade, which is his back elbow. Yes, elbow that is good, aye. Yeah, like he's got that, but yeah, he doesn't really have much of a striking exchange, though Zach, he's not much of a strike exchange guy either, so I think it's just going to be, though he, it, it'll probably go, the match I think between those two I think will be very, very similar to the match with Sonata, I think, because... Uh-huh. See, Sabre's moveset, it looks as if it does damage. That's that's the thing. Osprey's just looks as if he's... I mean, I get that people like all the flips, but you need to do something with them at, at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it does more th- thigh slapping than a fucking line dancing show as well. So, I, yeah. a, a heavy part of this is probably just that he comes across as a dick. Uh, some questionable tweets over the years from the fella but uh, I also enjoyed the Kenta versus Goto match there were some forearm exchanges that the two guys had that were fucking brutal Uh, heavy brutal and I really enjoyed it so I've not seen again I've not seen much of Kenta outside of since he left 205 Live the once used to be greatest brand in WWE now it's just a complete Afterthought, but um, yeah, that was good. I see because I'd seen all the results and stuff before watching it, I didn't have that much of a disappointment with Kenta finishing Wrestle Kingdom standing tall, if that makes sense. So, it didn't bother me too much. When I was watching that live, I was <clears throat> not happy because I felt like you had much, in my view, better options than Kenta, but. Now that I've thought about it, it makes sense because I know you, you probably haven't watched watched Dash, but like the reactions he got, he's an absolute brilliant heel. I'll try and catch Dash, but I'll definitely yeah. look out for the new beginnings because I want there's, to I want to see what's going on with some of the storylines. Definitely, yeah. If if there's one match I can definitely recommend, it's a tag match. It's Hiroki Goto and Tomohiro Ishii against Shingo Takagi and Evil. That's a absolute brilliant host tag match. Just them um, clotheslining each other heavily, and I think and yeah, they've got they've got their own feuds. I think it's Goto Shingo for the Never Belt, and Evil Ishii have a special singles match as well. So, right, okay. I mean, I know these names. It's just it's been so long since I've sat yeah. and watched New Japan, so I've got a bit of work to do. But and I'm sure from seasoned New Japan listeners that I have talked through my ass throughout the review of this Wrestle Kingdom, talking from the heart. I just enjoyed what I enjoyed. Uh, I did like the Tanahashi Jericho match. I thought, even though there was quite a bit of stakes on the line with the whole "if you win this, you get an AEW title shot," it didn't feel as if it had stakes. It felt as if they were just having a laugh, but it was a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, like, that match and 
I'm not saying I'm I'm not a fan of Jericho. I I do I love Jericho, but, but I just feel I just I don't really I'm just not that since his feud with Naito, I've not really cared much for him in New Japan. Like he's just just New Japan. Yeah, just New right. Japan. Yeah, because I of course I'm, I'm loving it. I love him in AEW. He's hilarious, but like. I just don't know. Like I didn't enjoy, his match at Dominion with Okada was just I I didn't enjoy it and like I guess my issue is that he's probably part time, but there's not much I can do with that, you know, because uh-huh. he's because of the whole AEW thing. But yeah, but yeah, no, I do enjoy it. It was a it was a good match. It was a good match. I do understand where you're going with like the whole AEW thing. I didn't. I didn't believe it because I just thought this is too out of nowhere. Too out of nowhere. They're not going to announce a partnership at all. Like that's going to take. You've also got the win wins losses to think about those sacred win loss records. Sacred win losses that are now resetted, which just confuses everything. All right. (laughs) Yeah, they've been. But yeah, that's that's really it for Vessel Kingdom. Great, brilliant. It was yeah, but overall, great two great two nights. Dash was fun, and yeah, I'll continue. I'm gonna continue watching New Japan as my main as the main that's my main main wrestling pretty much. That's your B, basically. Yeah, that yeah, like like it's like. I hardly watch WWE now. It's like I'll I'll watch the YouTube highlights and then I'll watch the pay per views when good, I can. Well, good man, you've got to keep those YouTube numbers thriving. Good man, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, like, the, the only thing I'm watching, and of course I'll be watching Takeover Blackpool, Blackpool yeah. too. I'll be like NXT and NXT UK are the main things I watch. Really in WWE. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll go out my way for those the fringe shows on the network, but the, there's not much in the main roster that I'm sort of invested in right now. However, there is one thing, and this commences my 2020 wish list or restarts my 2020 wish list. I need. I've I've tried my very best not to be a demanding entitled fan, as I have evolved throughout this podcasting career. But I fucking need Andrade Cien Almas to be a scalper, like literally scalp his opponents every single week and make, like, stick them to that United States belt so that the belt is just covered in scalps and you can't even see the stars and stripes anymore. I need them to kill everyone and I need them to just do it every week. I don't, it doesn't even need to, it doesn't need to win the Rumble, it doesn't need to challenge for the title. Just keep that US title belt and fucking murder everyone. For a, about five years. How do you think of it, that one? <laughs> yeah, Andrade's brilliant. He's he is great, and I think I really hope they are they. I want him to, if as much as I'd wanted to have a free hold about for three years. I don't see that happening, but I'm hopeful that he'll definitely hold it until main until Mania. That's my one. That's a, what I want to see. Speaking of people I want to see with a belt, my wish list, and it's probably a bias because he's he's from the same hometown as me. I need a Drew McIntyre world title run. 
I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting. I'm still waiting. I have heard some good things. He's beginning to sort of have a bit of a babyface fire behind him. Yeah, he's, he's having. He's doing a sort of. He's actually basically being Sean Connery, where he's been a cheeky chap uh, and saying some dodgy stuff, but it's getting over. So, as far I've not seen the actual stuff, but as far as I'm aware. He's just sort of pandering to the crowd and it seems to be working so far. He destroyed Ryder and Hawkins in a handicap squash match last week, which was delightful to hear about. Uh, so if if it ends up him winning the Rumble, no complaints here. And I get, I understand the compatriot bias. I get it. Patriotic bias. <laughs> you know full well that's, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, so a, a title, a world title, even contention for Drew McIntyre would be something I'd be into. Yeah. Any other wish lists? Wishes for uh, yourself? Uh, I guess this one's more personal for me. It's probably basically go to more live show, live shows of just any anything. I feel like because I know I've got some stuff planned. I've got. As far as I know, I should be going to the square ICW Square Go. Good, good. Square Go. That should. That should ICW's be a... version of the the Royal Rumble, where it's a, a briefcase that you win, so you can cash in at any time. Yep, and well, as much as because I know they've already announced three participants for the for their Rumble match, and I think it's Grado, Wolfgang, and Sammy Callahan. Oh fuck's sake! Fucking wanker! This is a tribute episode to Caleb, so we can't uh, we can't badmouth TNA guys, but that guy's a dick kid. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Callahan, not Caleb. Yeah, Callahan, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just I, I still don't understand what there was that I liked about him in NXT. I do not understand why I liked him in NXT when he was Solomon Crow. I, I quite liked him in Lucha Underground, but that's because he basically behaved himself. Mm-hmm. When it was, I can't remember the name of the stable he was in, but there were a bunch of undead people. Uh, <sighs> and he was in a few trios match. He was a trios champs a few times in season four of Lucha Underground. And he was fine because he behaved and he stayed within his lane and did, he didn't fucking go into business. I don't even know if it has business for himself, but it just comes across as a... I know you're not supposed to like the heels, but I'm not going to like the heels, so fuck them. Yeah. And then what other wrestling shows am I going to? I've got... Like, I guess it's ICW, but it's like, you know, their shows they're doing all, all across Scotland. So you've got like Air, they're doing one in Air, they're doing one in Aberdeen, they're doing one in Glen Ross. Yeah, that's the... the um... Wrestling, Wrestle Experience, I think it's... Wrestle Express Scotland, and it's Wrestle, basically yeah. uh, a family-friendly brand of ICW, along with other Scottish companies working together, so I'm very much looking forward to that, because if it comes close to Western Bartonshire, I can take the kids, because they know I'll, I'll watch ICW, and it'll be good to take them to a show where you've not got... Uh, the likes of Lou King Sharp screaming fuck you in Ben's face, Ben <laughs> Louise's face. Oh. Uh, so I've I've seen Lou King Sharp in one of the Haven caravan sites and it was great fun. He was so hyped up 
and I know that he can be a good sort of crowd pleaser for kids, so stuff like that I'm up for. Keeping yeah. with ICW for a moment, if anyone across the pond is not familiar with Andy Wild, then this guy, this guy, he's built like a brick shit house, but he can do your, he's like a suplex machine, very good sort of catch wrestler, very good technica, um, power moves, cardio, but he's massive, like, he's, he's just so good, and he's had, he had an amazing match against Stevie Boy in a ICW Fight Club episode last year. He had a really good match against Noam Dar recently, so he didn't have a chance to compete against Stevie Boy for the ICW World title at Square Go, but Andy Wilde is going to be in a six-man scrap match, which is basically, if you're eliminated first from this six-man match, you're in at number one in the Square Go, and if you you win the six-man scrap, then you go to number 30. I imagine that the four people in between will still have a chance of being in the the Royal Rumble. The I, 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 I think it's like every... I think it, all, all six guys will get a spot in it, I think. I think there's like random... 1, yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20, 20, like that. Yeah, something around like that. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Andy Wilde has had a few opportunities in 20... 18, tail end of 2018, 2019. 2018, he was basically fighting fighting against Mark Dallas when he was a heel. And now he's been trying to fight his way into the championship picture. I need, just like I need Andrade to go on a mid-card scalping spree, I need Andy Wilde to win that square goal. And I need him to be the good baby face that he is and not, not opportunistically, opportunely cash in that title. I need him to say to Stevie Boy, I am challenging you next week and I want to see another classic between those two and I need to see in 2020 Andy Wilde as the insane championship wrestling heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, he's an absolute, he's absolute brilliant, brilliant and I think a match I think we both agree we'd want to see and I think it would be a great match and that's Andy Wilde, Dave Mastiff. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine their um, catering bill? Sovies, <laughs> steak pies, like, <coughs> buckets of mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes, I'd love, I'd love Andy Wilde to get on to NXT UK. I know he's tried and he's not been able to, but there is always hope. But if he, if he ends up ICW champ, I'm here for it. I, I have two more. Uh, wishes for 2020, but have you got any more before I, I, I do have two more. Yeah, you two go m- one, I'll go one, you go one, I'll go one. Alright, All right, so this one is. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a. I don't, it's not wishful, it's more I just really just want this, this to happen just to get this over and done with. For 2020, I want The Undertaker to actually retire. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love, I love The Undertaker. He's, he's, in he's, Mount what, he, he's Mount Rushmore, but I'm forgetting which WrestleMania was where he faced Roman. I think it was not 2017s. 33. Yeah, yep. 33. That was the perfect send off. Like that, if he if he had retired that day. 
that was it. He was gone. I would have been happy. And then he ended up coming back, and I was like, well, what, 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 was, what was the point? And then he came back to, was it Extreme Rules? Yep. Mm-hmm. A yeah. random tag match with uh, Roman. <laughs> Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, and Shane McMahon. What on earth is that all about? I don't even know. And... I really liked Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns at Stomping Grounds last year. I thought that was an excellent... Your typical fucking WWE sports entertainment shenanigan heavy match. I thought it was excellent, but the ah, just <laughs> yeah, love Undertaker in my Mount Rushmore. But and he, he did say in his interview with Steve Austin, it's like it's up to his him when he retires. Fair enough, but you're going to get slagged if you keep coming out. Yeah, I've, I'm not sure if the rumors are true. I've heard I've heard a lot of people reckon that because of the, what happened. It, it's the most tag match. Take. Do you see Take having a match at Mania? Because I mean, he didn't have one la- last year. No, I think they've moved on from that. I think he's just going to come in for the the blood money. The blood money. Yeah, because I heard people saying, "Oh, that we might get Drew McIntyre Undertaker." I'm like, mm, no, I don't really want. Because to... <sighs> unless it's Take a, you know, gain Drew McIntyre over big time, but I just, that does not interest me at all. It's just, you've, I mean, bizarrely enough, Raw are doing quite well just now with the fresh, young, although they might not be young in real life, in terms of their WWE career, they're doing well. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a revolving door. You've had Cedric Alexander have a couple of weeks in the spotlight. Buddy Murphy a few weeks. Uh, Akira Tozawa's getting used on Raw, which is excellent. Uh, Drew Gulak's a prominent figure on SmackDown. Uh, Alistair Black, they're all... I mean, it's not as if they're getting a massive push, but they're being used and they're in storyline. So there's youth, WWE youth being used, and I don't think there's as much need to have NXT guys move over anymore because of this whole USA format so nurture those guys don't rely so much on the part-timers or not even the part-timers just the old guys and I know I've said this ad nauseum so I'm not going down that road it's been a fairly positive podcast so far but they're doing well just keep doing that that wasn't actually on my wish list what was I'd like NXT UK's women's division to be a bit better I feel as if Top heavy is not the word. I just feel as if they're mid cards. There's not a lot of credibility to them. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think who, who, I'm trying to think. Apart from the, I know of who I know that's still in NXT UK. You got the top three who are fine for the title. Then you got what Ginny, Nina Samuels, Isla Dawn, Gazi Guy, but oh Gazi, oh Gazi, <laughs> and. That's about it. That's all I know. You've got Ginny, who is Progress champ, is that right? I believe so. Like, is she not like a legend in Progress? Yeah, I think she's well-known in Progress. I don't think she's the current champ, but she is well-known. Uh-huh. And uh, I, mean, I feel as if I'm being a bit of a hypocrite because you've got two Scottish ladies that are in the title picture. They're in the main event scene. 
So obviously I'm happy with that, but it's just Nina Samuels, Ginny, Jazzy Gabbert. Um, is it uh, Isla Dawn, I think. Yeah, Isla Dawn. Great wrestler, but oh, I've seen a couple of her promos on ICW and they are... Do you remember, do you remember when Kalisto was interviewed during the draft in Baron Corbin? Oh, good lucha things. Yeah, well, that might have been better. Don't tell, don't tell Isla I said that. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Just... Yeah. I guess... Uh... My question is if if like if to try and improve the like, who is there that's not signed that you could bring in? That does not be, Well, I, what's happened? Shazza McKenzie was there for a while. Yeah, Where's it was Candy Floss. I, I thought Candy Floss was literally a, a jobber that appeared one week but she kept coming back. I have and the thing isn't Zaya Brookside injured right now? Oh, Zaya Brookside, I hope not. I think she's got a bright future. I do. Yeah, I love her. She's pure baby face and I just I love it. I would I would uh, ID her for drink, mind you. <laughs> when I saw it when we saw it at the Glasgow tapings, I was like she looks about twelve. Genuinely looks about twelve years old. I would actually ID her for an energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's I think there's someone from ICW that I'm really Enjoying it's new that I'd like to see, and that's Angel Hayes. Yes, she's very good. She's she is. Uh, I remember seeing her live at live against Viper, and it was a very fun match, very fun, and also a bit of a comedy match because I, I don't know, but it was yeah, it was a good match. Another person I want to see, I I would I would be. I don't know how they would do to do use her, but Avil. Ah, evil. She's got the ICW title just now, so let her let her do that stuff. Um, I think I she's. Mean, I think she might be. Is has she got a match for Squago confirmed? Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn. Yeah. ICW's women's division is isn't exactly busting at the seams either, and that has been a criticism of mine for since I've watching it for the past few years. But NXT UK's women's division. I I've said I've said that twice in this podcast. The tag division is the best one going, but put that level of care and input and focus on the women as well, and that will be two fantastic divisions. I've got no issues with the main event scene. Mid card guys keep doing their stuff. Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate, and all that stuff. Keep it going. But that was it. What's your last one? Um, my last one. I guess this is overall just. I'm hopeful that you know. I'm basing my wishes for 2020s for the British NDC to basically recover from what happened last year because there's been a whole bunch of closures of companies. You've had IPW closed down. You've had I think it was Southside, uh, Defiant slash What Culture Pro Wrestling. Even my local indie show. Indie promotion shut down, though that was due to the passing of Lionheart. Yeah, that was Lionheart's baby, wasn't Pro- it? Yeah, and like there's been a lot of promotion, a lot of the, the British indie scene. Like I know NXT UK, it's grey and all, but it's beginning to look like. I don't know if it's also. I've heard people say that Brexit isn't is another reason, but it's like 
having both of these things, like it's sort of Brexit's to blame for everything. Yes, it is, and that it's just like the way there's companies folding. Seemingly, there was a company seemingly folding left, right, and centre in 2019. I'm just hopeful that the British indie scene eventually. I hope it can get back. Well, who knows if it can get back to the heights it was in 2017, 2018, when it was like everything was just like like ICW when it was hot. When when was it? It was when like Grado became champ. Uh huh. Yeah, like that was when it was that hot. ICW still great. It, it always I've always enjoyed, it, but it's not you know as hot as it once was. See, do you listen at all to Grado's podcast? I really should, but I have not. It's fucking funny, actually. Uh, but they had Mark Dallas on, and they've actually said, like, Mark Dallas said last year that it was the best financial year they've had, despite the sort of everything being a bit lower, sort of not the bigger venues and stuff like that. But he has actually come out and said we need to start for the ground up again. So for the next wee while, it's not going to be the big massive venues. They've just they've got the Gonzo, which is filmed in their training academy. So you're probably saving quite a lot on sort of costs for that as well. So they, Dallas knows that they're starting for the ground up. It's not as if it's sort of escaping from underneath him. Uh, and hopefully in the next two or three years, ICW reaches those dizzy heights again. It's strange the whole the whole uh, British wrestling argument because it seems to be a geographical issue more so than whole scale because you've got some defiant uh, that was Newcastle area wasn't it? Yeah that was one at Newcastle but you've got TNT Are they, is that is that Liverpool TNT? Uh, yeah I think that's Liverpool and that's mainly, that's Mikey Whiplash's thing is it not? Yeah yeah. Uh, that's basically just extreme wrestling all the time but TNT <laughs> wrestling are doing very well at the moment so some some companies are folding for re- other, for reasons that you can't. It would be really unfair to blame WWE on because the whole thing you said about Lionheart, uh, and there's been many talk about the Adam Blampied guy or something from Defiant and what culture uh, like totally tarnished his reputation. And I don't even know if Defiant was last year, was it? It was. It was last year. They shut All right, down. Right. But. And that so you've got on one hand you've got the closures and then you've got TNT wrestling, no association with WWE at all, and they're thriving and they started selling out shows for 2020 already. So it's just, I think it's just one of those things that happens. No doubt there has been an impact because it's it'd be ignorant to say there hasn't been some impact, but I don't think it's as devastating as some would have you believe. Yeah, I guess. It's just, it's of course it's it's always worrying if you're seeing a seeing a couple of promotions close down. But I feel like 2019 there was a lot more than mm-hmm. usual. Yeah. Usual, some out of control, some out of control, but others like like because IPW they were they've been around since what like 2004, I believe, and it's like is that the do you mean one PW? No, it's not which. I forget which. Not one people. It's international pro wrestling, if you know. It's round about Mar- the Margate area. 
Do you know, I always thought that was one PW. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, yeah, it does actually look a lot like a one, but it's... But it is an eye. <laughs> well, that shows how much I pay attention to the uh, Brit wrestling. Yeah, but, yeah so... You have your last one to go for? Yep. Ending on a controversial note. I have still to this day, okay, there's been an injury. I want to see I want to see some magic from Kushida because so far he's just a total generic mid card guy. And this is NXT which can turn shit into gold or shit into chicken salad at the drop of a hat. But Kushida's just been just there, random mystery opponents being the random mystery opponent uh, there's nothing that he's had been able to sink his teeth into um, just generic wrestlers so far for me and I understand that he's, his name comes with some legendary value to it so I, I, want, I want to see better from not just Kushida but the decision makers behind Kushida as well because so far I'm not impressed yeah, I do actually understand completely where you're coming from. I've been a bit disappointed because in how he's how it's been so far, some things have been a bit out of his control. But like he is, he's so good. He was so good in New Japan, and I know like he's not going to be able to wrestle his exact style in New Japan. But he, even then, I still feel he'd be Aye, even good then, enough. You'd expect him to stand out from the crowd. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the best Kushida match I've seen so far was against Kona Reeves. Oh, Christ. What, not the match with Walter? Mm, it was all right. The, Ka- the Cassius Ono stuff was all right. Cassius Ono's been excellent in NXT UK, but... And then, I don't think I caught his match... Kashida's match in ICW against Jackie Polo. I don't know if that was any. That was that... good. Yep. Yeah. But there's that, there's that sort of. We know that, like, I feel bad, bad mouth in ICW, but there's there's ICW and then there's, like, the big leagues. There's New Japan, there's WWE. <laughs> and so it did very well against Jackie Polo, who is a very good wrestler. But there's still, it's just something missing. And you can't you can't blame that all on Triple H. Mm-hmm. I just think you've got that sort of cruiserweight style or the junior heavyweight, and what NXT has done with the cruiser not not two hundred five with the cruiserweight specifically has been fantastic. Leo Rush was putting on um, quiet match of the year contenders for a few weeks on NXT. I've not seen anything from Kushida that I, I can't see elsewhere, basically. And I want I want to see what all the fuss is about, without having to go into New Japan World. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure once he's well, he's now fully fit. I'm sure he'll eventually show show up. I don't think this is going to end up being a Kenta situation where, well, where where he just what got constantly injured, uh-huh. injured, and then by the time he was fully fit, it was like. The fanfare died out for him, and he I died out for him. Doing an excellent job on um, 205. Nobody watches it, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, controversial note to finish, but that's us. 
with the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 14 review, the NXT UK TakeOver card, some chat about ICW Square Go events on February the 2nd, tickets at ticketmaster.co.uk, and some wish list stuff, some nonsense, some serious and some personal. Um, That's it for this week. I asked Murray if he would be willing to provide a quiz for this week. I don't know if he's... I have. have. Oh, oh, fantastic. So, I just kept it a secret, really. For the first time, I think, in Ricky and Clive history, the guest is providing the quiz. So you, you tell us about the quiz, Mr Murray. Right. Uh, I decided on this quiz is based pretty much all on ICW. Right. I'll try my best. I've not been watching for that long, but I'll try my best. Right. So, question one. Who in ICW has the most world title reigns? Is it BT Gunn, Drew Galloway, Joe Coffey or Stevie Boy? Oh, I know Joe Coffey and Stevie Boy are two apiece. So I'm going to eliminate them from it. I know BT Kun has been a sort of similar to Naito, a sort of double double gold champion. I think he's been a zero G champ more than he has been a world champ. So I'm going to say Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway. It, it's it's actually BT Gun. He's he is Drew Galloway is also a two time champ BT gun a three time three bastards okay yeah. oh, that's me just giving away one of the questions questions it was like how many veins has BT gun had and just giving that uh, away I think it's three is that right <laughs> yeah so right instead of who has the longest who had the shortest ICW title vein was it DCT yes Grado Chris Venfrew or Joe Coffey? I'm going to go for DCT. It was actually Joe Coffey. His That's... first his first reign. It was, he bet, I think it was Trent Seven. Mm-hmm. And then on the same day, Stevie Boy cashed in on him. Square go. Oh, fuck's sake. I'm showing myself up here. <laughs> Can you ask questions within the last three years, please? <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think I've got one here. Who won the first King of Insanity match? Stevie Boy. Bonus question. Can boyfriend you name the... to, boyfriend to Kaylee Ray, by the way. <laughs> Bonus question. Can you name the three other competitors in that match? I can. They were Michael Whiplash. Yep. Christopher Renfrew. Yep. And a certain James Havoc. Correct. I'd love, I'd love to see Jimmy Havoc back in ICW. I really would. Yeah, but he's great. Well, he has a bit of controversy going on with Jamie Hayton, some New Japan guy. I forget what it fully is, but I don't know what that is about. Anyhow, <laughs> um, right. Okay, so don't know. I've written this question a bit poorly. At Shugshurst Party 5, Aaron Echo bet which Ring of Honor wrestler in a singles match? 
Jeffrey Cobb. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I had the clue saying that he was a participant in the G1 climax. This year's, well, last year's G1 climax. That, that was yeah. the same night. That was the same night where we got the drop that you hear at the start of the episodes, where Jeffrey Cobb says, listening to Rick and Clive show, it was that night. And it was actually during a, a sleeper hold in that match itself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Similar question to the first question. Which I, what which tag team has had the most ICW tag title runs? Is it Ooh. Polo Promotions? Polo Promotions, New Age Click, prefer most Chris Renfrew BT Gun, the Bucky Boys, Stevie Boy and Davy Blaze, or the Pod? Personification of destruction. Yeah. Rampage that, and Ashton Smith. Rampage, Brown and Ashton Smith. Oh, I know the Polo promotion were probably the longest reigning. As far as I'm aware, POD have only won it twice. So again, a process of elimination. I'm going to go for a stab in the dark and say, Bucky Boys. It's actually Polo Promotions. Oh, fuck's They're, sake. They are four-time tag champs. Well... I have had um, thoughts about doing a podcast called Insane Championship Podcasting, but um, my knowledge is fucking terrible, so I don't think that will be happening, ladies and gentlemen. Right, so this question, again, similar to, as Davy Blaze had three tight title veins, two were with Stevie Boy as the Bucky Boys. Who's his other tag title partner? Oh. Not Davy Davy, is it? Uh, no. This wrestler is currently now wrestling on Ring of Honor. Joe Henry. Yep. The local fire. Joseph That's, Henry. Yep. Right. Two, I think I've got two, two final questions. Who became the first ICW Triple Crown winner? So they've won the world, their world title, Zero G, and tag titles. Right. As far as I know, only two people have done it, but who was the first? BT Gun. Yep, it was. And in which order did he achieve it? So from first to last, what in terms of titles? Tag Zero G World. No, it was uh, World. His first title, his first world title run was actually in 2010. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then it was Tag, and then his last title was ZOG. He's only ever held a ZOG title once. And that was when it, had, when it was the uh, double champ. Double champ. Yep. He's never really got retribution for that, has he? No, I think he lost the ZOG title, and then he was like, yeah, I'll just keep the world title. I, there was a, a triple threat match that he got taken out of, and the match just kept going. <laughs> just yeah. like, all right, okay. I forget who was in that match. Was it not like Kenny Williams and uh, Mark Coffey and Jody Fleitch? Ah, Jody Fleitch. Yeah. Want him to come back as well? Yeah. And well, that's all the. Well, actually, here, okay. I think I've got one more I can pull out here. Here. What former WWE Cruiserweight champion 
and this is like Coven 205 Live format, mm-hmm. is a former ICW tag champion. Former 205, uh, I'm going to say Brian Kendrick. Correct. Him and Paul London held the tag belts. Yep. Oh, I'm surprised I knew that one, but I did. <laughs> yeah, Dan. Well, that's all the questions I've got. I did not bad. I don't want to hear what the score was because I'll just be embarrassing myself. I think it was about, I think I had about 10, 11 questions. I think he got, I think it was like, I think it was five, six. So, I'll, not, I'll, I'll take I'll that. Take it. <laughs> I'll take that. Well, thank you for quizzing me. Uh, I've got some research to do for ICW, but I'm willing to do that for an upcoming new venture, Insane Championship Podcasting, which will never see the light of day. I'm <laughs> too busy. Um, but maybe, maybe, for... maybe if we get Patreon, we'll maybe consider it. Do you know what? That's a fucking great idea. Um, <laughs> donate. The, the link to donate to the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show is on the show notes, along with the... Since we're doing the plugs, let's do the plugs. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show with a fleeting visit from Ricky and a, a, a stay-in from Muzza Murray. Uh, you can listen to the rest of the podcasts on the Social Suplex podcast feed, which has sterling podcasts such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Grown, uh, Get In The Ring, and All Things Elite. We are on socialsuplex.com where you can also subscribe to the podcast and any columns that we do by pressing the subscribe button button, and they'll go directly to your email inbox. Go to prowrestlingtees.net to the Social Suplex page and get a nice wee Social Suplex podcast t-shirt and press the show notes link to donate to the show. There is a link in the show to the I can't remember if I said this at the start of the show, but Rance Morris and myself did top 10 NXT full sale moments. There's a link in there. Have a reread at that. I did say it. I remember it now. Um, check out the, the brand extension, edition one, which will be on Lords of Pain as of Thursday. Wrestling Squared Circle is a Facebook group, and we are at Ricky and Clive. I think I've got it all covered. Murray, you want to plug your stuff? Um, yeah, well, is it? I mainly do, you know, writing for Social Suplex. So I think if you also if you subscribe to, you know, the Social Suplex, you'll get my updates when I've posted my podcast. I haven't done one in a while. I was meant to do Vessel Kingdom, but I had a bad case of the cold and just could not be asked getting out of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> bed and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at. Murraybone44 and yeah that's all the plugs I've really got there's more plugs than an electrician's van on this show <laughs> and that can that will be my joke for the week as well ladies and gents thanks for listening next week will be a, an NXT UK Blackpool Takeover 2 review and a look at NXT UK in general hopefully you can catch us then and we'll speak to you next week and hopefully we'll have recovered from probably celebrating too hard where Joe Coffey is holding that NXT UK title above his head. Joseph, please, Joseph. <laughs> please. Do it, do it for Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> right, Joseph, fucking do it. Right, night-night, everyone. 
Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.